Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this episode for Sunday, May 15th, 2022. It's entitled, Truth for Tough Times, Mindset. You know, you look all around yourself today, and you just see people everywhere just shuffling aimlessly around with no apparent purpose, and that's before you leave your house. Man up, people, get a mindset. You know, if I don't mind, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean by that? I mean, things that the world can throw at me or the enemy or sometimes I even throw at myself. It doesn't matter what comes against me. If I don't mind, it doesn't matter because it is truly in Christ. It is truly mindset over whatever's going on around us because we have a mindset given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Well, let's look at mindset. And before you click this episode off, I want you to give me an opportunity to talk to you today, even if you are not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, but especially if you are. Because if we are going to make it through tough times, our mindset is critical. So let me give you some factors relating to mindset. Number one, we need an empowered mindset. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul wrote these words to his young pastor friend, Timothy, who had the intimidating job of trying to pastor the large church at Ephesus, which is now in modern-day Turkey. This is what Paul wrote to his young friend. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, let's go no further. Let's break that out. Paul regarded Timothy as his own son, that is, the son that he never had. And he did his best to be the example for this son in the faith that he might have someone to pattern his life after. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Do you know what grace is? Grace has been defined as the desire and power to do the will of God. Do you have grace? Now, you might say right now, well, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's not exactly what I ask you. I didn't ask if you've been saved by grace. I've asked, do you have operating in you the strength that comes from operating in the grace, that empowerment that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, where you literally discover because of his strength in you that you have the desire and the power to do the will of God. You know what? When we have that, we lean hard into Jesus when we go through tough times. You know why we can do that? His power is in us. This is not about my power trying to work for him or your power trying to serve him. This is about 
him placing his power in our lives so that he operates through us. That is the Christian life. That is the Christ life. Now, think about what we're talking about here. Paul has just recently, in this letter right before this, mentioned all of those who walked away from him and from Christ in many cases. And he tells Timothy, Tim, we have got to be strengthened by Jesus. You see, if Paul tried to operate in his own strength, if you and I try to do that today, we will be discouraged. We will fail. Write that down. We need an empowered mindset for these tough times, but we also need a strategic mindset. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, we read here these words, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That is a strategy. That is having a strategic mindset. Timothy was to move forward with what Paul had taught him from the word of God and he was to find men who were both, well, there were two things. They were both faithful. In other words, they had proven themselves already. And they were able, able what, Pastor Ed? Able to teach. Read that again. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou, that's like entrust to them, commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. The advance of the gospel must be priority one in the life of a person who operates with mindset. That is a Christian who operates with a clear, clear understanding of who he is and whose he is. He has the empowered mindset which gives him a strategic mindset. May I get personal for a moment? Who are you discipling? But, but, but Pastor Ed, I, I couldn't possibly, yes, you can. Well, actually you can't, let's get honest. You would be a lousy train wreck at trying to do that unless Jesus is living in you and operating through you so that you are able to identify faithful men, that is proven men, that have the ability to obviously not only learn this, but not just learn it so they can just know it and be blessed, although that's wonderful, but they are able also to teach others. That is the advance of the gospel, and that must be priority one. You know, and I think as Paul had just mentioned suffering those devastating losses, and he names the people who had walked away from him. Some had even walked away from the faith. And then there were others who uh, we'll see here in 2 Timothy that were quite true to Paul and true to the faith, but their ministry and mission carried them 
to distant places, and Paul was, at this point, all by himself, essentially, in prison awaiting execution, like literal execution. And heavy on Paul's heart and mind is the need for Timothy to have mindset, an empowered mindset, a strategic mindset that helps him carry forward what Paul is no longer able to do. Chuck Smith, a pastor, said these words. Now think about this. Put your thinking cap on. If you effectively disciple 10 persons every three years, then if those 10 persons will each disciple 10 others every three years, and each one that is discipled over a three-year period will disciple 10 others every three years, in six years, you would have, guess what? 110 teachers. In nine years, 11,220 teachers. In 12 years, 123,540. And in 15 years, it would swell to 1,358,940. In three more years or 18 total years, it would be 15,083,220 teachers in just 21 years. And do you know that 167,400 excuse me, 167,409,240 people would have been discipled. You know, considering the population in those days, Chuck Smith says, it's estimated that around 200 million people would have been discipled. So you, you see, he says, how they could have reached the whole world in less than 25 years. Considering the rapid population growth today, it would take us less than 27 years to reach the whole world. Wow. Pastor Ed, then why haven't we done it? Because you're not involved in the process. (laughs) Maybe you personally are, but many, many, many professing Christians aren't doing anything to advance the gospel. What should I do, Pastor Ed? Hey, starting today, find someone to invest the truth in and help them get grounded in the Word of God. Now, the way I'm doing it currently is through this very podcast, This Week in the Word. And do you know that over 7,000, almost like, I don't know, I think it's like 7,600 Downloads have occurred. (laughs) I'm doing something. What are you doing? Amen? So not only must we have an empowered mindset, a strategic mindset, but a soldier's mindset. And we read in 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself 
with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. Hey, listen, I've never served myself. I wish I could go back and change that, but it's too late now. But my father was a career soldier, 28 years in the army. My brother was in the army 12 years, went in as an enlisted man and exited the army as a captain. So most of his time was spent as an officer. Both of my sons volunteered for military service. One, due to a, um, a physical issue, could not get in, although he deeply wanted to. The other did get in to the Marine Corps. He's a retired Marine now. When I was pastoring a church outside Fort Benning, Georgia, in Columbus, Georgia, I pastored soldiers from the 3rd Ranger Battalion, the 4th Ranger Training Battalion, the 3rd Infantry Division, the 197th Infantry Brigade, the Airborne Brigade, and the drill instructors there. I had them from everywhere, even from Martin Army Hospital. Listen, I know a little bit about soldiers and soldiering just from watching. Now listen, we have to have a soldier's mindset. Thou therefore endure hardness. It's not easy to be a soldier for Jesus Christ. It's hard. Get a grip. Get the mindset that you've got to have. Why? Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Don't you want to be a good soldier of the Lord? Say amen. Well, let's get it in gear, my brethren. Verse four, and he gives this great example here. No man that warreth entangleth himself. He gets all twisted up and wrapped up. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Now you ask, well, why doesn't he do that? Well, here it is, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. So in, in you know, modern day terms, as somebody enlists in the army or they're commissioned as an officer, they do their duty because that's their duty to do. That's their responsibility. And in the same way, when we are part of the army of the Lord, we are to please Jesus. Hey, listen, here's a newsflash for you. When you stop whining, you'll start winning. Write that down. Who said that, Pastor Ed? I did, just now. <laughs> when you stop whining, you'll start winning. I just came up with that for this episode. Quote me everywhere. Listen, we want to please our Lord and Commander, King Jesus. Now, if you don't, then quit calling yourself a Christian. Get out of this army because you're really not a part of it. Oh, but I am, Pastor Ed, I am, Pastor Ed. Then start soldiering like it. Now listen, during the heat of battle, <laughs> can you imagine an army combat team or a marine rifle squad during the heat of battle, like the Battle of Fallujah, the first one or the second Battle of Fallujah, can you imagine them getting sidetracked with binging on video games or going to nightclubs or going on vacation after vacation, 
Can you imagine that? No, not when you're in the middle of battle. You know, to quote one of the great actors of all time, Bugs Bunny, this is war. You remember him saying that? He was right. This is not an amusement park. We live in a battle space. We live on a spiritual battlefield. Can I get an amen? Amen, Pastor Ed. Thank you very much. I'll say it myself if you won't. So we've got to have, remember, an empowered mindset, a strategic mindset, a soldier's mindset, but one more thing, an athlete's mindset. Now, I never was a professional athlete. I wasn't even close to being a professional athlete, never a college athlete, and barely for a little while was I a high school athlete. But I've been around athletes and I've watched them my whole life. So again, I know a little bit about that as you do as well. Let's read 2 Timothy 2, verse 5. And if a man also strive for masteries, he's talking about athletic events, especially like wrestling, just being in agony in wrestling. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. Listen, the Christian life, write this down, and this is true even if you don't like it. It's true. The Christian life is a life of utter discipline. Now, if you are a slouch and you have zero discipline in your life, I have a right to question whether you have met our Lord and Commander, King Jesus. It doesn't look to me like you have. Now, others of you listening, you are, you are deep in the battle and you are totally disciplined. You have put me to shame and I'm fairly disciplined. That's what we've got to be like. We have to have utter discipline. Say, are you talking about legalism? You call it whatever you want, my brother or sister. When I know the orders I'm given by the Lord Jesus Christ, I am to follow those orders. And I'm to do that even not only as a soldier, but as an athlete. Think of the Lord Jesus Christ now as our coach. When he gives me the play to run, it's my job to run that play. Not go sit on the bench, drink water, fort with the cheerleaders, or just lollygag around, like one of my coaches used to say. I always wondered, what is lollygagging around? And I don't know what it is, but we're not supposed to do it. And if you're doing it, stop. <laughs> you need a life of utter discipline. Listen to me. I'm, I'm deadly serious right here. Listen. It takes only one minute to destroy a lifetime of achievement. Don't make that mistake. Now, one of my, both of my sons actually were high school wrestlers. And well, I remember the many, many times they had to get down to their weight before the weigh-in, before the wrestling match. And if they didn't meet that weight, then they would have to wrestle up and they'd be versus somebody twice their size or maybe not wrestle at all. 
how they took pains to lose that weight so that when they went in in the morning to the school, they would weigh in at where they were supposed to. That is a life of utter discipline. If people can do that to win wrestling matches and championships, we ought to be able to do that with the power of Christ that we talked about early, earlier. We ought to be able to do that so that we can be a champion for him. Listen, suffer today and live the rest of your eternity as a champion. We also are to have uh, one more thing relating to mindset. So let me remind me you of what we've seen. We have to have an empowered mindset, a strategic mindset, a soldier's mindset, an athlete's mindset, also a farmer's mindset. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, we read this. The husbandman, that's a farmer, the husbandman that laboreth, and that word means he works to utter exhaustion. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Here's what the farmer must know. The reason he can work so hard is he lives in the happy expectation of enjoying the harvest. He can keep planting and keep watering because he will soon be harvesting. He will be eating that which he has planted and cared for. We must do the same thing. Now, by the way, let me plug that in in practical terms. I think some degree of famine is coming for our country. You know why I say that? I have eyes in my head and ears to hear with, and I'm looking around at what's going on. Also, though, I have recently read through or listened through all the major prophets and all the minor prophets, the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. Here's a news flash. There's a couple of things that I heard over and over and over that were part of God's judgment on a nation that abandons him. And here they are. This is not all of them, but these are two major ones. Number one is famine, starvation, real, literal hunger, where people do not have food to eat. Real starvation. That's number one. And another thing I heard over and over was being conquered to the degree that enemy soldiers were in your country. Wow. You know what? If you're depending on the government to solve these problems, especially food, you're going to starve. Wake up. You know, before I did this podcast, I spent some time planting vegetables. And you know why I can do that? Because I know there's going to be a harvest and I could keep planting and watering because I know I will soon be harvesting. And we ought to do that spiritually as well. Someone wisely said, you must experience truth before you can export truth. Try that one on. 
Lastly, we must have a martyr's mindset. 2 Timothy 2, verses 8 to 13. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Did you hear that? Jesus was raised from the dead. Let that sink in. Verse 9, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. You know, they could throw Paul in jail, but they couldn't keep the word in that jail. Verse 10, therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sakes, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying. Now listen to this. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. I want you to think about what Paul has just said here. He knows that unless the Lord delivers him, releases him, he will soon have his head chopped off on the executioner's block in the bottom of the Mamertine prison above the Tiber River in Rome. And we believe that's what happened. Paul had every reason to do a major reassessment. Like, why am I in here again? And I think, I don't think he doubted it at all, but I think he reminded himself, I'm here because I worship Jesus Christ who beat death. That's someone worth worshiping. He suffered all the trouble he was going through because Jesus Christ beat death. <laughs> and he says, you know, if I, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm just going to put it this way. If we die before Christ, it is no big deal because the one who beat death will raise us as well. So just know that. Assess what we face today and decide where the line in the sand is for you. I've been thinking along those lines a lot lately, brethren, and you better be doing it as well. Where is the line beyond which you will not go, even if it means your suffering and torture and death? Pastor Ed, you're scaring me. I mean to scare you. Listen, when we have people in this world like Yuval Noah Harari, who is a professor at Hebrew University in Jerusalem, and he is not, as far as I can tell, he is not a believer in God. When he openly mocks on video the resurrection of Christ and calls it fake news, wake up, people, because he is a major player in the great reset that is being planned for the world. 
You need to understand where we are today and you need to plan accordingly. Know where your line is. On the other hand, on video this week, I heard no, none, nobody less than Elon Musk say that if Jesus was resurrected, he would be interested. He is open to knowing that. That blew me away when I heard that. That's having an open mind. This is what we've got to do, people. You and I have to count ourselves already as dead men walking in Christ. And you know what? There's nothing you can really do anymore to hurt a dead man. Amen. And I want you to ask yourself, what is your quit point? What is that? Do you know where that is? Do you know the point at which you would just give up and walk away from Christ? If you know where that is, you better fix it. And if you say there isn't one, Pastor Ed, in the strength of the Lord, I will never deny him, then you know where your line in the sand is. I want to close with a true story. There was a Christian in the days of the ancient Roman Empire who was ordered to give money to help with the building of a pagan temple in his town. But because he loved the Lord Jesus Christ, he refused. Even though he was an old man, he was stripped of his clothing, practically naked. And they cut him with knives and spears and, you know, then they kind of started feeling sorry for him, so they gave him a break. And they said, hey, old man, listen, just give, you know, give one coin to the building of this pagan temple. But he still would not. J just burn one grain of incense to this pagan god, they asked, and we'll stop. But he wouldn't. So they smeared his body with honey. And while his wounds were still bleeding, they unleashed bees and wasps on him, and he was stung to death. He knew that he would die, but he would not deny the Lord. And you know, the good news is, we can have that same strength from the Lord Jesus Christ to live for him and if need be, to die for him as well. So I ask you a question today. Mindset. You either have it or you need to be getting it. Write this phone number down. 877-247-2426. I want you to know today that with Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you can know for sure how your eternity will turn out. And instead of following Satan and being condemned with him to an eternal hell, you can turn and follow Jesus Christ and be welcome into heaven. 877-247-2426. You can also go to chataboutjesus.com. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. You know, we just don't measure up, right? None of us do. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In Romans 10, verse 13, we read, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I hope that you will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today and be saved. Like this episode, follow this podcast, and share it with someone today. God bless you. We'll be back next week with the next episode of This Week in the Word. Bye-bye.